Welcome to the University of California San Francisco Sports Medicine Podcast featuring Dr. Nira Fundia, Dr. Brian Feely, and Dr. Drew Lansdowne discussing hot topics in sports medicine and society. We hope you enjoy our podcast and look forward to hearing from you. Welcome everyone to our UCSF Sports Medicine Podcast, 68 Weeks with myself, Dr. Nera Fundia, and Dr. Brian Feely. So we have the pleasure of having two of our chief residents, Abhinav Jangala and Tiffany Liu. Um, who are uh, superstars and have uh, great knowledge to share with everyone uh, in terms of their experience here, why they may have chosen UC and kind of where they're you know, going off to next year. So maybe I'll start with you, Tiffany, first, and then Obi, you can go next. Uh, maybe just introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Um, so thank you for, for having me. Um, really excited to, to get to chat with you guys. Um, I grew up in Southern California, went to um, Princeton University, then med school at uh, Penn Med before making my way back to California. And I will be going to HSS next year for hand fellowship. Avi, why don't you go ahead? Hey, um, I'm Avi Jangal. I'm one of the other fifth years here. I grew up here in Fremont, California, about an hour away. I went to college at Berkeley and then stayed at medical school here at UCSF State for residency, going to orthopedic trauma fellowship in Seattle next year. So thanks for having us. So you're basically doing the 20 year UC plan. We like it. Um, around year 17, 18, we'll actually start paying you. So you all are <laughs> chief residents. So you've been here for five years now. Um, so when thinking back in, over the last five years, um, and maybe Avi answer this first and then Tiffany, um, what is the most surprising thing about residency for you all? I think the, the most surprising thing has been, um, you know, as a student, you come in and you're like, oh, I've learned all about medicine. Now I'm going to specialize in orthopedics. And I'm going to learn about orthopedics. And it's going to be a fun learning thing. And then when you get into residency, you realize, yes, but it's actually a job. You know, as a student, you don't really have a job. You know, as a resident, you're actually employed to do a job and you have to figure out how to learn at the same time. And I think um, a lot of people I've talked to and myself as a student didn't really realize how much of that aspect is the actual, um, you know, the job aspect. Um, and you're kind of learning on the job. That's at residency is an apprenticeship. So that was very surprising. Tiffany, what about you? I think that's definitely true. Um... I would even go a little bit farther and say that um, I think, you know, residency can become as much of your of your life as as you want it to be. Um, you know, I think I when I was in medical school, someone when I was a sub I someone told me, like, you are this patient's doctor. If you don't do it, no one's going to do it. And I think that holds true in residency as well. You know, you it's not just you're not just there to learn orthopedics, as Abby said, you're there to take care of the patients and you're their doctor. And if you don't put in the orders, no one's going to do it. If you don't sign out to the weekend team, no one's going to sign out to, to them and follow up on the tasks. Um, so it is, it very much does become part of your life and, and who you are. So I, de I totally agree. I do think that's been a little bit of a culture shift since uh, when Nirav and I went through where when you were a sub I, you sort of were a doctor and you weren't, you didn't actually have responsibility, but you could put in orders. You, they would always have to be co-signed, but you were kind of transitioning into a job mentality somewhere between third and fourth year. But now it, it is totally different, especially in medical school. It is a learning experience that you're, you are paying for. And then it, 
orthopedic surgery residency, I totally agree. You are both trying to learn as a part-time job that's full-time, and then you are doing a job, which is a part-time job that's more than full-time and um, always at 79.99, but never over 80 hours. Right. And I think, you know, kind of in line with that as well, too, I know it's obviously hard while you're in residency and, you know, like, I'm sure Brian would agree with the same thing is that as you get further and further along, you you see the benefits of, of residency, there are parts that really stick with you and, and you see it as it's a very valuable experience and you feel like, well, these are parts that were very rewarding and will shape me. Right now, you know, kind of looking back over the past several years, what were the most rewarding parts for you um, in terms of residency? I mean, I think the, the, the most rewarding part uh, is actually becoming, becoming a physician, becoming a surgeon, um, taking care of patients. Um, you know, uh, you are, when you go on rounds and, and you see patients in the clinic and you see them post-operatively, preoperatively, you are part of their medical team. And in, in some cases you are kind of their main physician. And that's been really rewarding. I feel like we all kind of go into medicine to, at least partly for that reason. Um, and it's been really great to have that experience. What about you, yeah. Tiffany? Yeah, totally agree. I know clinic's not popular, but seeing a patient in follow-up that you've operated on and see, seen preoperatively um, can be can be really nice when they're like, oh yeah, I remember you waking me up at 6 a.m. every morning and two weeks later, I'm doing much better than when I was in the hospital. Um, you know, I think the other nice thing about being in a residency program, especially one like UCSF, is working with the junior residents and watching them grow and yeah, I think that kind of helps me reflect on how much I've grown as well over the past five years. You know, it's... Um, it's, it's hard to notice your growth day to day, week to week, even block to block. But when you like are there teaching um, junior residents or for me as a U chief teaching the interns, you know, it's really made me re realize how much I have learned and developed over the past five years. And that's um, that's been really nice and helping helping the juniors through it um, at this point and watching them gain confidence in, in themselves is also very rewarding. Yeah, I thought operating with Dr. Peely would be the most rewarding part of residency for me. But <laughs> neither of them are doing sports or peds. Clearly, we did we did not do our jobs effectively for these two. Yeah, <laughs> and we're we're done with sports and peds at this point as well. So you yeah. know, you said be honest. <laughs> we are an honest residency. The attendees take feedback as well, even if it hurts our feelings. So. <laughs> I think Brian Brian has the next question for you guys. Yeah, so you know. I think when people start residency and they start thinking that transition from med school into residency, they're kind of, you're worried about a myriad of things like don't mess, don't mess up, take care of patients well, um, please your attendings, please your senior residents, really please your sports attendings. What's been the uh, biggest challenge for you at transitioning, especially in those first few years from medical student to junior residents? Um, I can start. So I think uh, the most challenging thing for sure has been all about balance. You know, a lot of people will say, especially early on when you're starting, like, don't think about balance. Like, this is your career. This is your five years to to get in and, and learn as much as you can, do as much as you can, um, and can think about it afterwards. But I think in today's world, it's, it's, it's hard to approach it like that because you have... Um, you know, when you're, when you're soon, you just have a lot more time as a junior resident, you don't have time, uh, you know, and it's not about, you know, we're getting overworked. Well, it's just that there's 24 hours in the day. And, you know, if you could work 18 hours and then do everything else in another 18 hours and have 36 hours a day, then that would be great, but that's not reality. So you have like, you know, your, 
health and your family and friends and your job and your research and your clinical skills and your just you know surgical skills all these things and how do you balance all those things it's hard it's difficult um, i think that's been the most challenging and let me just butt in you are not alone abi you have wife children yeah yeah wife and two kids and and a lot of family nearby but but still uh you know <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, you, you still have to be a husband and a father and a brother and a son and all of those things. Um, and, and, you know, on top of what you normally have. So you can't just silo um, and be like, I'm only going to be a resident or I'm only going to be this. And for people that usually are getting into orthopedic surgery residency who have been the best at what they do because they've been able to dedicate all their time to those things. Um, you will not have that time anymore. You know, you you have limited time and, and you have to figure out how to dedicate enough time to each thing to be successful. And what about you, Tiffany? When you went from junior resident to senior resident or from senior to chief resident, what's been the most challenging thing for the, that transition? Um, I think the junior, transition from junior to senior is not as tough as the transition from med student to intern to junior resident, I think the learning curve is so steep initially um, that that's probably been the most challenging part. I think um, going from junior to senior, I think that the additional challenge is now you have the responsibility of leading, leading a team and leading a service and teaching junior residents and doing it at a point where I'm still not sure I'm like, I, I still don't feel qualified. You know, I still don't feel like I've mastered any like the technical skills, the clinical judgment, um, you know, and it's it's hard because now as a senior, as a chief, I feel like I'm running out of time. Um, and so we can teach you another year. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, is this your way of telling me I'm being held back? <laughs> no, no, no. We, um, we call it a super chief year. <laughs> yeah, like a redshirt year. Great. Um, so. Yeah, it's just, I think just kind of um, the challenging part has just been moving on to the next step and learning the next skill while you while you still don't feel like you quite mastered the, the previous one. And it takes, it takes trust in yourself and confidence in yourself. Um, that, and that's, that's, that's been a challenge to maintain that throughout the years. Yeah, I think it, you both made really good points. And one thing I think is really challenging as a junior resident is you really go into it knowing nothing. Orthopedic surgery, you may have gotten a couple months of, you got very sporadic uh, coverage of it during med school. You may have spent a month on Legionnaire's disease, but a, you know an hour and a half on upper extremity anatomy, zero time on frozen shoulder, and then you're expected to know a lot of stuff. And I still remember one of my friends, this was before cell phones, but he you know, he called and was like, I don't know which bone goes to which with a both on both bone forearm fracture. They both look like they could go together. I don't know how to reduce it. And I was like, well, describe what you're seeing. He's like, there's a long one and a longer one. But then the shorter on the other end, I was like, uh, you know, 50-50, like what's the worst that can happen? Um, and as a senior resident, you kind of go through that again, where you realize there's so much you don't know, but you have to be comfort. You start becoming comfortable with I will get that knowledge eventually, or I know what I don't know. And that means I'll just go read. And there's a more feeling of a tangible solution that based on all the knowledge you got for the four years before that. Yeah. And I think that kind of, go, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. 
I just said hopefully. Otherwise, hopefully. Okay. we will keep them back. <laughs> um, you know, kind of along with that as well, too. I mean, with the limited kind of MSK education, get a med school, I think you then also get even limited, even more limited information in terms of what you should look for in a residency or what you should choose. I mean, you've got mentors and sometimes it's just like, okay, this person wrote my letter and they think I should look for this program. Um, you know, looking back at the process now, did you feel that you were looking at the right criteria or things, you know, kind of more grand scale in terms of residency programs you're going to choose? Or, or are there new factors that you feel that when you're advising med students, like what they should be looking for in a residency? Well, I think everyone's different. And, you know, at this point, thank God I'm not applying to residency because I think it's become much more difficult than even five years ago. Um, yeah, I think I would still give people similar advice as to like kind of the criteria I used. I mean, when I when I rotated, when I interviewed, I was very much kind of just trusting trusting my gut feeling and looking for, um, you know, a place with a, a good culture where I felt I was going to fit in and going off of the the, the people that I met on my my interview interactions. Um, you know, when I rotated at UCSF, I just got a really good feeling about how people were very willing to teach and there was a very collegial um, atmosphere and all, you know, the seniors that I worked with seemed very com competent and confident in their abilities. And, um, you know, they were role models that I wanted to become like when I grew up. Um, and so I think that is still something that I would advise students to look out after. Like, I think all of this is now colored by the fact that of matching into a program has become so much more difficult. So I don't feel like I have great advice on how to filter through all the, like play the numbers game. I think that's the worst part of it. Yeah, and you know, I, I when students come to me with this, I tell them like the three things that I looked at and I still think those are the three things I would continue to counsel them on. And that was um, location, where do you wanna be? Whether that's close to family, friends or a nice place that you just want to, you know, a place that you would want to live in, because that's going to be five years of your life. The culture between the residents and the culture between the residents and attendings. And then where the residents end up, do they go to good fellowships? Do they, you know, kind of get the career choices that they wanted to have? And, um, and I think that's all been proven true here. I mean, I have, you know, I had the reasons to be here in terms of um, location. Um, but, but in terms of uh, the culture of the residents, culture between residents and attendings, the fact that we can on a Sunday evening have a casual talk like this and do a podcast, I um, mean, it's very comfortable. Um, you know, Tiffany and I have grown to become really good friends over the last five years. So, and that's kind of same in our whole residency. Um, and and it's been, you know, everyone has kind of is getting to where they want to be. So that's what I would add, it would tell students to look to, to look for. So neither of you chose sports or peds. So I feel like this is a fair question to ask. What, um, and I'll start with you, Tiffany, what made you decide hand over everything else? Um, there were a lot of factors. I think a big part was the mentorship that I received here. Um, you know, I had a great experience on my hand rotation um, and, you know, felt like, um, you know, the attending, the attendings I thought were all great teachers. Um, you know, and I had, I just, I had a great experience. I mean, there are other things like, I think the other standard answer is, you know, I love hand anatomy. I love the variety of procedures you do in hand. I love the spectrum of diseases you treat from, you know, sports, sports type procedures to arthroplasties to fracture surgery. Um, and there's a soft tissue work. So I think there's a ton of reasons that I, I chose hand, but a big part of that was, was the mentorship, um, I received and, um, the great experience I had with the hand attendings. Not to say 
not to say anything negative about sports or peds, but um no, yeah. you're okay. And Nirav's getting bombarded by um, my little pony stuffies in the background. So <laughs> this is work-life balance. I am getting, I'm managing multiple things right now. <laughs> what, about, what about you, Abby? Um, when did you decide to do trauma and what, what kind of tipped the scales for that um, for you? Yeah. You know, in, through residency, I actually like uh, most, if not all of my rotations and it I actually decided pretty late. I decided at the beginning of fourth year, and it was after my, um, we have kind of a cold trauma experience here um, with Dr. Morshan Kandemir um, that we do as a fourth year. And similar to Tiffany, like working with them directly, getting that uh, mentorship um, kind of tipped the scales, but I liked everything. And, and trauma, I feel like allows you to operate all over the body, um, which is another thing. Um, you have to have you know good anatomy knowledge all over the body, operate everywhere. Um, the the type of people, uh, like Tiffany said, the, the type of people that were our trauma surgeons here, I feel like I meshed with well. And, um, and I think the, the other main thing was the indications. I feel like there's certain surgeries where the indications are very clear. And I really like that about trauma. Um, and so that was the other reason. Um, you know, kind of our last question, kind of wrapping up here, if you could tell yourself, if you took your 2022 self and could go back to 2017, Besides going, telling them to go into peds or sports, um, what, what would you, what would you tell your 2017 Abby or Tiffany? Um, I would say, uh, I, I guess it's, it's not, it's not as relevant now because there's so many, it's like getting harder and harder to get in, but apply to less programs, like really apply to, to the programs that you would want to be at and that you see yourself being at. Um, and then secondly, brace yourself. Because uh, no matter what you do, it's not going to be what you think. It's going to be harder than what you think. And there's going to be obstacles that you couldn't uh, think of and can't prepare for. But you just have to be ready and um, just roll with the punches. All right, Tiffany, um, what would you tell 2017 Abby? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 2017. I'll tell him. Brace yourself. You have no idea what's coming. You're getting me as a co-resident, so good luck. Uh, um, I think um, you know, the other thing I the other thing I would tell someone who's about to enter residency is um, you know, just kind of the days are long and the days are hard, but don't don't take them for granted. You know, it's it's all it is an educational experience and pretty soon you'll be sitting in my shoes about to graduate and like I, like I said before, you know, there's so much I still have, have to learn and all of intern year, junior residency, those are our all learning opportunities that, you know, to, to take advantage of. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see yourself grow. Um, and so, you know, definitely take advantage of, of the time that you have with your co-residents and your attendings and, you know, pick their brain. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time, Tiffany and Abby. Once again, thanks for, for joining our podcast. Um, we're excited for another group of applicants to come in this year and hopefully another great group of great residents to, to train with us. And uh, once again, thanks for taking your time on a Sunday evening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us.